Welcome to the Send 938 Podcast, a ministry of Baptist Missions designed to encourage, equip, and inspire the next generation of missionary servants and the churches who will send them. I'm your host, Steve Anderson, Administrator for North American Ministries with Baptist Missions, and I'm joined in the studio today by the president of our organization, Dr. Patrick Odell. Dr. Odell, it's nice to have you with us. Thank you. It's great to be with you today. Yeah, so this is the first episode, the inaugural event, <laughs> Here we as go. it were. So it's going to be necessary to some degree for our listeners to be introduced to who's on the podcast over the next few weeks sure. and uh, take a minute to introduce ourselves. I'm currently serving as the administrator for North American Ministries, as you just heard a moment ago, but I've spent the last 12 years in pastoral ministry in Southeast Colorado. The Lord gave us a, a very fruitful ministry there that we loved and enjoyed. And uh, when it was time for us to uh, to move, he made that clear and uh, led us here to Baptist Missions. I grew up in the mission family. And in, in fact, while I was in the pastorate, had spent the previous six years serving on the elected council for Baptist Mid, part of the governing body for the mission. And so had had a great deal of exposure to the operations behind the scenes, as it were, and uh, several opportunities to serve with the mission family, uh, both here in North America and overseas while I was in Mm -hmm. the pastorate, have thoroughly enjoyed the last nine months of my ministry here in Cleveland at the uh, the Global Ministry Center. Dr. Odell, you you came to the administration not too far ahead of me. Right. in 2020, so June of 2020, yeah. which uh, 2020 has become synonymous with uh, <laughs> a pandemic. But uh, we're very thankful that the Lord had other things in mind for that duration of time as well. Yeah. And uh, what a joy it was to sense God's call to Baptist Mid-Missions to serve and to shepherd this wonderful flock we call the family of Baptist Mid-Missions. After having served the Lord for 26 years in pastoral ministry, much like you, yeah. I had served in, in Iowa, and then the Lord gave me the opportunity to serve here at First Baptist Church of Elyria for the past nine years as the shepherd of the church, actually, where BMM all started back in 1920 uh, in a prayer right. room right. of uh, First Baptist Church of Elyria, and then grew to what it is today. But uh, the Lord made it very clear um, that it was his will and his call in my life to uh, step away from the ministry I loved there at First Baptist to this new ministry that I also love called the Presidency of Baptist Mid-Missions. Yeah, and we're, we're grateful for his leading, of course, in both of our lives, but I'm, uh, I'm grateful for what you have communicated so frequently and regularly to the mission family, to our churches, constituency of churches and, and supporting partners, uh, that uh, what the Lord is doing here is, is the Lord's work. Amen. And That's right. we're privileged to be a part of it. This is obviously being the first episode. This may be the first time any of our listeners are hearing our voices, but uh, the, the name of the podcast may be a question. Mm-hmm. What does SEN 938 refer to? And the answer is it refers to Matthew 9.38. Correct. Where we are told to pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into his harvest. Because as verse 37 says, the laborers are few. Right. The harvest, the harvest is plentiful. plentiful. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So why don't you talk a little bit about where the use of 9.38 in BMM verbiage and um, ministry directives came from? Because this, right. is, this is kind of your pet project right. uh, to some yeah. degree. This has been a part of my life really for decades in terms of praying that prayer in Matthew 9, 38, um, just asking God to provide more harvest laborers. Uh, We tend to think of that as exclusively a missions thing, but it really isn't. Really, every Christian ought to be involved in harvest labor in terms of reaching people for Christ. But more specifically, it really came to the forefront as I was considering God's call to serve the Baptist Mid-Missions family. One of my counselors, who is about 20 years older than me, 
uh, asked me a really important question as I was seeking his counsel about the potential. And, and the question was simply this, what do you sense that God wants you to do? Uh, not just in a, in a general generic sense, but in terms of a visionary sense, uh, if you serve Baptist Missions as the president. And so that, that really challenged me to spend extensive time in prayer and meditation. Uh, and the fruit of that was what we referred to as the Advance the Vision Initiative and the five goals that God laid on my heart uh, in relationship to, to Baptist Missions. And the, and the very first one is, is this one. It's, it's Pray 938. It is praying that the Lord of the Harvest would send more laborers. And specifically, the goal related to that is that the Lord would provide us with 20,200 prayer partners who would say, I'll pray every day. I can do that. What, mm-hmm. what Christian can't pray? And so I'll, I'll pray every day for God to fulfill that request that he commanded us to pray, to really beg him for more harvest laborers. And we're approaching two years ago now that you first introduced this idea to the mission family. Yeah. Shortly after introdu- your introduction as the president. You, yeah, you really. outlined this Advance the Vision 2020 yeah, that started it, with Matthew nine thirty eight prayer. Right. It was during my installation um, speech, I guess you could call it more than a sermon, yeah, uh, yeah. in October of twenty twenty, uh, it, which was also which also coincided with our our one hundredth anniversary. That's right. And so yeah. it was a combination of the centennial service, installation of a new president. Uh, it was during that that I introduced these five goals that became a little more solidified into advance the vision and the title and things like that. But it was then that I, that I said some really important things about the priority of prayer and that this would be goal number one for, for Baptist bid missions is that we would call the church, uh, to prayer. Yeah. And, and part of why we chose advance the vision is really, it, it comes forth from the, the initial vision of our founder, uh, as that group of 12 or 13 pastors and laymen met in a prayer room, a First Baptist Church of Illyria in October of, of 1920, they walked out of the room at the end of the day with a twofold purpose statement. And the twofold purpose statement in, in just simplified terms was, was basically this, to reach the millions that are yet to hear of the gospel of Jesus Christ, number one. And then number two was to awaken the churches of North America as to their responsibility to take that gospel yeah. around the world. So when I speak of advanced vision, it's not advancing my vision. It's really the Lord's vision, number one, but also the vision of those that that started Baptist Midmissions uh, all those years ago. You introduced a, a, a concept regarding how to remember to pray this way. <laughs> yeah, that uh, much of the missionary family has has uh, found uh, to be um, effective. Sure. Yeah, it's a good reminder, right? <laughs> because you can't forget about it if you set an alarm on your phone. Right. For, for right. what time? Yeah, nine thirty eight in the morning and nine thirty eight at night. Twice so, a day. So it's just a, a good reminder. You know, we all have great intentions. Yeah, that's right. But but it, it's one thing for an intention to become a practice, a habit. That's right. And there's just something about your phone going off and reminding you at nine thirty eight in the morning. Hey, stop what you're doing. Pray for yeah. more harvest laborers. And you're and you're serious about this because I've been with you recently, <laughs> where we've been in a, a group of people fellowshipping after a yeah. ministry engagement, and your phone goes off. And you you look at those around you and you say, well, it's time to pray. And mm. I usually ask the person who was speaking when my alarm went off to pray. And you did that. You asked the, <laughs> the guy who had been speaking in mm-hmm. a conversational manner. Right. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, would you mind praying for harvest laborers? Yeah. With me at nine thirty eight here. Yeah, and, and you've uh, seen it happen even with our staff meetings where yeah, we're we'll having a morning. staff meeting, and when it goes off at nine thirty eight, whoever's talking gets to pray. That's so right. I, I I really 
didn't want it to just be a gimmick because it could be perceived as that. I, I want it to really be something from our hearts where we're reminded through those cell phone alarms to to stop what we're doing and pray. And so my wife and I do that in the evenings as well. When it goes off, we try, unless circumstances are such, we just can't stop. And then you just pray silently to yourself. Yeah. But uh, yeah, try to make that a real priority. Yeah. Well, I, I, I can remember when our church uh, several years ago set up online giving. I mm. told the church family, what better way to be purposeful than right. to do it in a way that you can't forget about it. Yeah. Set up that regular recurring gift to the church. And this is the same concept. What what better way to be purposeful about about it than to right. do it in a way that you are reminded by yourself, you know, setting that alarm. So it's been a it's been a good encouragement uh to see others grab hold of that practice and and of course we pray together often here yes. at nine thirty eight in the morning. Um so taking the concept of the pray nine thirty eight mm-hmm. um directive, which morphed into recently a prayer guide that the mission has published, which is a 30 day prayer guide designed to to inform and encourage people as they pray for the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers to know how to pray for various regions of the world, uh, for various ministry avenues that fly under the banner of BMM and for even for some individual specific ministries. And so it's a 30 day prayer guide if you're interested in it, there'll be some information in the show notes for how you can get some of those for yourself or for your church if you'd like to order some. Um, but it's a 30-day prayer guide that, that again, you set on top of your Bible. Yeah, and, and a great tool. And, and you pick that up when you're ready to, to engage God's Word. You want to pray the Lord of the Harvest, turn to whatever day it is. You're done with the 30 days. You go back Start to day back one. at the beginning. That's right. And uh, we trust that's going to be a really, really useful tool in helping the church um, be a awakened put it into practice to the need right yep. right and it's um, been neat because that that's a fruit of of a couple different things one was a member of the staff here in publications who had seen something similar put out by a different organization for different of different focus of prayer yeah. but also my interaction with people who had already um, signed up quote unquote to become prayer partners and and them interacting with me and saying you know i've pray for the last few weeks or for the last few months. I feel like I'm running out of things to pray. I'm not sure what other than just this general asking God for more, you know, what, how, and what should I be praying? And so I started thinking about that, interacted with other staff about that. And then, and then Nancy Freund, uh, gallon publications just ran with it and did a fantastic job. And so it's neat that it's neat that people came to me saying, I want to know how, how to pray better. Yeah. And then that turned into that great well, tool. I've had I've had those prayer guides in my bag for the last two weeks, mm-hmm. I think, and I've already I've already distributed about two hundred of them. That's fantastic in they, different churches that I've been in the last couple of weeks. So yeah, that's the way it's been they, for me too. They are just getting swallowed up. <laughs> um, if you're if you're interested in those, check the show notes. We'll have a link there for for you to be able to call or uh, or order those yeah. from the mission. And so the prayer guide is called Pray Nine Thirty Eight podcast to send 938 because those are the those are the two verbal directives yeah, of that passage yeah. Link, links back to matthew nine pray pray the lord that he would send, send. forth mm-hmm. so we recognize that as a, an admission agency we are not the sending agency right that's the local church and that's the work of god but we exist to serve churches and their missionaries and exactly. uh, we intend to do that through this podcast you know the the tagline at the at the introduction is to encourage equip and inspire Mm-hmm. And uh, we intend to do that through discussing relevant topics of interest to the church and to its missionaries uh, by engaging um, um, issues that are, are 
uh, of not just of interest, but, but need to be understood and, and right. engaged and dissected and examined. And we're going to have some, some conversations to that end. And then we're also adding, you know, every month there's going to be a, a moment in BMM history right. where we address what God has done in the past because missionary biographies have been so frequently credited in right. testimonies that I've heard since my childhood about how God burdened someone for missions. They heard the story of, you know, fill in the blank, you know, with the, with the missionary you want. Um, they heard that story and, and inspired and they them. them. They saw themselves maybe, because a lot of times what happens in narrative and in story is that you can almost put yourself in that situation. Yeah. And, and when it, the story is told well, you, you can't help but wonder, could God do the same thing through That's my right. life that he did through that person's life or that person's life situations? And there have and been. It becomes so real and so personal then. And, and I think that's a lot of, I mean, all of the podcasts I trust will do the three things you mentioned, but that inspire, I think, will be a really rich part of, yeah. of a day, uh, you know, in the life of or the moment, in, BMM of moment, in, yeah. moment in history with BMM. That'll be so fantastic. There have been, there've been a few biographies written about our missionary family. Um, some of them have had biographies or, or autobiographies written, but but the vast majority have not. And there are so many good stories of yeah, God's right. grace and work. Um, I mean, we could we could say they're the stories of this person or of that person, but ultimately they're the, they're the story of God's work. That's right. You know, we are um, 102 years removed from the from the origin story of this mission agency, right? And we get to look back and say. You know, the founder of our mission agency lived four, four years. years. That's right. He saw something like twelve recruits come to the mission field behind him before he died in in nineteen twenty four. Yeah, I know he took a team of five, and there may have been others that that came along the way. When yeah, there, next there, three were, years, but, there were years, uh, but wasn't a large group. By the time he was with the Lord, um, you know, if if it hadn't been for the combination of both his vision to start what would become known as Baptist Mid Missions, but also just the strategic decision to involve other people. Uh, his yeah. vision would have died if it would have just been William Haas and yeah. him alone. And yeah. so it is just really amazing to see God's preservation of his vision and his burden to reach souls, not we, just in Central Africa, but around the globe that, uh, of course, we've enjoyed reading about and, and being a part of yeah. those stories since yeah. then. Well, it'll be it'll be our privilege here to tell the story of what God's done in those 102 years and in literally shaping nations and mm-hmm. in transforming, and I don't think it's an overestimation to say millions Not of, at all. of people's lives yeah. uh, who have come to faith. Um, and we just praise the Lord for that. We're just yeah. so thankful. Yeah. And that's, of course, our and, motivation is to give him the glory that, that he deserves, that he is fulfilling what Revelation 5.9 speaks of when it, when it talks of the people from every tribe, tongue, people, right. and nation that will gather around the throne of Jesus Christ and say, worthy is the Lamb. And so it's great to to reflect back on on how God has done that, but also to to think about the future and how God wants to continue to to do that and continue to call more uh, to go more places with the gospel of Christ. So this this is acknowledged, of course, as being the work of God, mm-hmm. and the charge of Matthew nine thirty eight is to pray. Mm-hmm. So in a in a a bit of a, a breakdown of pastoral theology here. <laughs> What's the role that prayer has in accomplishing God's work? Mm-hmm. He's drawing millions unto himself. He's he's reaching people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. Um, 
what is the role of prayer in sure. this and, sure. and why is it important? Yeah, I don't know that I'll get into a full theology of <laughs> the sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man, uh, a full theology of that, other than to, to say this, when God tells us specifically to pray for something, yeah. we know that's what he wants to do, and, and, and he does that through prayer. So when Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest, then we ought to be doing that, and he wants to fulfill that. And, and then I think of other, other words like the words of the Apostle Paul when he said, my heart's desire and prayer for Israel is that, is that all Israel might be saved. And so you see examples like that in Scripture of, of either being commanded to pray or the Apostle Paul praying for the salvation of souls that I think sets a, a model and example. And at the same time, you know, I think what James says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Yeah. And so God, God does that which he wants to do in and through prayer. And do we understand the full, all the ramifications of sovereignty and responsibility? I don't, I don't know that yeah. I can adequately explain it in this setting. Well, you, Maybe that's another podcast. But, as, but as at the a, same time, he wants us to. He wants us to pray. He wants to do something great on our behalf through prayer. Yeah. As, I don't know where I heard this from. I'm sure it's not original to me. But as a pastor, I would often say when preaching about prayer or, or addressing mm-hmm. the topic, I would often say to our congregation, Prayer is the means by which God brings forth his will here on earth. Amen. It is not the means by which we declare our will to the throne room of heaven. Right. God, this is what you're supposed to do type and, of thing. And when we know what his desire is, that all men would be saved, and we know that his desire is that the nations would be brought to saving faith, Yeah. Um, we know his directive here. Right. Pray that this mm-hmm. would happen. Um, mm-hmm. We. I, I asked the question, what's the point of prayer knowing the answer is not oh well it's it's this and this and this this. and i get that (laughs) the the point is god gave us the the simple command Mm -hmm. pray the lord of the harvest in fact the expression of faith too the word pray there is more than just prayer right it is it's it's deamai which can which is typically translated prayer or pray or praying but there are other texts in in luke especially where some of the more modern translations use the word beg yeah. to describe Jesus' interaction with a leper or Jesus' interaction with a father of a demon-possessed boy when they when they meet Jesus and and they literally they beg Jesus they to plead heal with him. Right, to yeah. heal them. They plead. And so I think that that actually kind of grabs the the significance and the power of what we're supposed to do and and the passion, you know, that's the James idea of effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. It's not just a Oh, and by the way, God, would you maybe please? It's really begging God to to do something great in terms of saving souls, but also sending people that will be a part of God of God saving souls. Because yeah. we know scripturally that's the means by which He saves souls is the is the preaching of the sent ones, the preaching of the that's ones right. that have been yeah, sent Romans out 10. to proclaim the gospel. Romans chapter ten, and and so you know we we can never. Uh, underestimate the, the, the power of prayer. Like I like the way somebody put it when they said that, you know, nothing of eternal significance is ever accomplished apart from the power of prayer. And I think that that just needs to be our our heart that we realize that yeah. day in and day out. Or Ian Bounds, you know, I think, said that uh, prayer can do anything that God can. Yeah, you know, which is another great reminder to us. You mentioned the 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 leper and the the father of the demon possessed boy who pleaded with with Christ begged him to, right. to heal him and and there are probably some listening and and maybe you and I have been here at various times in our own life and Christian experience who where we would say okay I understand that but 
the son had a vested interest or the, the father had a vested interest in the son. The, the leper had a vested interest in his own preservation of life <laughs> and health and restoration of relationships with people because of his illness that had been broken. How do I develop a burden mm. that would provoke in me an appeal that looks like begging Christ, right, right. You know, pleading with God to yeah. send forth labors? I think of my own experience in personal evangelism that Mm -hmm. the people that I prayed for by name were the people that God gave me undeniable burdens for the greatest passion for. Yeah. Compassion for. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I think that prayer, we might look at it and say, okay, well, but I don't have that kind of burden. Prayer produces that kind of burden. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. And, And it provokes something else too. Well, I was going to back up just a little bit, even in the Matthew 9 text, yeah. in terms of, of how... I was going to go forward to Matthew 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's back up and then we'll go forward. <laughs> because in that same context, it's it's Jesus and the multitudes. Yes. And and Matthew chapter 9 speaks of how Jesus, when he saw the multitudes as sheep without a shepherd, mm-hmm. uh, that he was moved with compassion for them. And so it was it was that, that compassion that Christ had for those who needed what only he could provide. Yeah which is salvation, eternal life, a right relationship with God that moved him to compassion. And then you hear him talk about praying with his disciples because you're right, that is the, that is the instigator of, the motivator of, of prayer, passionate prayers as we begin to pray. And then, of course, as you were starting to say, we know what happens in Matthew, well, Matthew chapter, chapter 10. 10. He sends them out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so the same guys he just said, pray the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. Oh, by the way, now you go and do the labor, you know, <laughs> that's right. You're the workers in the harvest field. Yeah. And, uh, it's a, it's a good reminder to me that when we pray that the Lord would send forth labors and when we enlist churches and, and, and members of church families and pastors to be praying with us, that the yeah. Lord would send forth labors, it is going to be from amongst that very group of people that God answers this that's prayer. Right. Uh, I, I said to a church congregation a few weeks ago, Praying the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers and expecting him to send someone else <laughs> is a little like leaning on a shovel and asking God to put a hole in the ground. That's right. You have the opportunity. You have in prayer the development of a burden. Yeah. Um, and if you, are, if you are named as one of Christ's, mm-hmm. you already have the commission. Exactly. Matthew 28 is... is it's spoken to the disciples, but by consequence of the nature of God's word, it's it's to them for us, mm-hmm. right? The great commission to go and make disciples, baptize them, and teach them to obey or observe everything that Christ has commanded is the church's commission, right? It's every not exclusive to every, a select group. That's right. Yeah, it's not the it's not the pastor's commission. It's not the the missionary's commission. It's the commission of every church member, every believer in Christ. And so, as we as we engage this matter of sending forth laborers and we want to see that done and we're, and we're, we're pleading with people to pray with us mm-hmm. to that end. We also want people to recognize if you pray this way, God's going to do something mm-hmm. in your life. He may not lead you to a foreign field, right? But I can say from a pastor's perspective, he will give you a burden for your neighbors, right? Your friends, your family members, your your coworkers, the people around you who are yet without Christ, your eyes will be open to their need. 
Yeah. And, and maybe as you see yourself reaching those people and God uses you to reach those people, he may say, now I want you to go do that somewhere else. That's right. Or he may keep you right there, reaching the people across the street rather than across the world, reaching your friends, reaching, reaching your coworkers. But uh, you will develop a burden for the lost if you're praying every day, the Lord of the harvest to send forth labors. And if you're praying every day for lost people. Yeah. yeah. So be warned. You pray this <laughs> You might way. be the answer That's right. <laughs> to the God, prayer. God That's may right. be pleased to use you, and we trust Amen. he would be. That's right. Well, Dr. Odell, appreciate you joining me for the very first inaugural episode of <laughs> Send welcome. 938 Podcast. You're welcome. I'm excited for this. I've enjoyed you being here today. If you've enjoyed listening, appreciate what you've heard here, been encouraged, inspired, or equipped, make sure to leave us a five-star rating in whatever streaming service you're using today, and you can reach us with questions or comments at send938 at bmm.org. 